What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Big League Chewing, a baseball podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always. Opening day is just around the corner. We're looking at, uh, wow, looking at almost three weeks away. And today we are continuing our team previews, stopping this time in the NL East with the Philadelphia Phillies. I talked to Tim Kelly uh, from Phillies Nation. He's the editorial director over there. Uh, he always has plenty of great insights when he comes on the show, uh, breaking down uh, all his Phillies projections for 2021. Uh, this is a team that finished uh, 28 and 32 in 2020, uh, finishing in third place. Uh, they had one of the worst uh, bullpens uh, historically, I guess you could say, it was pretty bad. Um, they add, um, they definitely added a couple pieces of the bullpen uh, this offseason. They, of course, re-sign uh, JT Realmuto. They bring back Didi Gregorius. Uh, Alec Bohm is kind of poised for a breakout. So we talk about all these things with Tim uh, as we continue our uh, team previews here on Big League Chewing. Uh, so let's get right to it. Let's uh, listen in on my conversation with Tim Kelly about the 2021 Phillies. Okay, so I'm now joined by Tim Kelly. Tim is the editorial director at Phillies Nation. Um, Tim, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. So a lot happened this Phillies offseason. They brought back a lot of familiar guys. Um, one of them, probably the crown jewel of the uh, the offseason, was, of course, bringing back JT Real Muto. Um, so there was some kind of concern amongst Phillies fans early in the offseason that it might be possible that they actually don't. They're, they're kind of unable to bring Real Muto back. Uh, there was some kind of um, talk amongst the front office and ownership that they might not be able to afford Real Muto. Uh, were you, but were you ever convinced that uh, he was headed elsewhere? I think if you asked me at the very beginning of the offseason, I probably would have said he would have signed with the Mets. But even then, I didn't think it was 100%. And once, he, once the Mets went in the direction of James McCann, I, I felt like it was just a matter of time and a matter of them coming together on, on a deal for JT Real Muto. I think they were always the best fit. And as good as JT Real Muto is, he's a catcher that's turning 30 later this week. There was going to be some limitations, especially given uh, – uh, the pandemic in terms of what teams were interested in him. So the Phillies also get a new general manager this off season. Uh, they hired Dave Dombrowski, who was previously the general manager of the Red Sox, the Tigers. Um, I think he was the manager of the general manager of the Marlins in the nineties. I can't remember, but um, so he's generally known for trading uh, from the farm to acquire big talent, uh, big league talent. He definitely did this in Boston. He did this a little bit in Detroit um, what do you see as his strategy um, kind of in the early days uh, of his tenure with the Phillies here? Well, I think the biggest thing long term is that the Phillies are going to have to get much better at churning out talent, which I, I don't know if that necessarily jives with what Dave Dombrowski's done throughout the course of his career. But he did build a foundation in Detroit, certainly. So it's possible. I, I think right now his strategy is kind of 
it was to add a lot more veterans, uh, especially arms this offseason, both to the bullpen and to the starting rotation. So I think he's going with more sure things, guys that you know what they are. And they've added a lot of different guys as well. So I think in a year like this where you go from playing 60 to 162, the initial strategy has been the offense was good enough last year, add a starting pitcher or two and fix the bullpen and you might be a playoff team. So that leads me to the next question I have here. So the Phillies bullpen, um, it's kind of no, no secret, um, definitely struggled last season. Um, they go ahead and add a few pieces to the bullpen, but did they, did they do enough in your eyes um, to kind of better the bullpen? Well, I think Hector Neris is someone that over a course of a 162-game season, there were a lot of metrics that indicated he would have leveled out and been better last year. Uh, you ha- added Jose Alvarado, who, if he is healthy and can throw strikes, he has electric stuff. You added Archie Bradley, and then you have a bunch of veterans that are Brandon Kinsler, different guys like that, Tony Watson, Hector Rendon, different guys that are non-roster invitees and could potentially fill out that bullpen. So I think they gave themselves a lot of different options. And I also think Connor Brogdon kind of emerged late last season as a potential bona fide late inning reliever type guy. I don't know that he's going to be in that role to begin the season, but he has that type of stuff. So look, if the Phillies had an average bullpen last year, they would have been a playoff team. If they even had just a bad bullpen last year, they would have been a playoff team. There's less playoff spots this year, but I mean, if they have an average bullpen with what we think is an above average lineup and at least a very good top three in the starting rotation, they should be a team that's in contention. So looking at the center field position now, um, kind of as we shift to kind of the, uh, the position players um, who gets the most reps um, at center field for the Phillies in 21. Is it uh, Adam Hazley? Is it uh, Scott Kingery? Um, How do you see that position kind of shaking out? Yeah, that's the biggest question I think on the roster right now, even bigger than the bullpen. Not a ton has emerged. Adam Hazley is probably going to start the season on the injured list or at least not be ready from an injury he's dealing with. So he's kind of off the table. Roman Quinn, has, you kind of know what he is. He's a, he'd be a great 26th man on a roster. I don't know well, how well he fits on a team like this that doesn't have a set center fielder. And then Scott Kingery struggled for a lot of this spring after having a disappointing 2020. Um, Yeah, I I mean, Mickey Moniak has stood out, uh, the number one overall pick from 2016. He's someone that I still think will open the season at the satellite squad in AAA, but it's still a positive sign. Uh, A lot of the signs lead back to Odubel Herrera potentially being part of this picture. He uh, He has two home runs this spring. He had a nice bunt. And he is someone that has been an all-star before. And you have a group here that otherwise is really underwhelming. So give me some kind of early standouts um, at camp so far, Um, some kind of under the radar guys um, that you think could make a big impact for the team in, in 2021. I don't know how under the radar Zach Eflin is nationally, but I think Zach Eflin had a very good season, the best of his career last year, and he's looked excellent this spring. The Phillies all offseason kind of talked about they feel like they have three legitimate starters. Now, everyone feels that way about Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler, but the Phillies, they believe – that Zach Eflin is a part of that trio. Zach Eflin said he feels like he can be a number one. So they've gotten a lot of very encouraging signs from him so far this spring. 
So switching over to Alec Bohm, who had kind of a breakout uh, 2020 campaign, uh, although, you know, being in a shortened season, um, is this the year that we see him kind of really break out and become more of kind of a general kind of household name? I believe so, at least offensively. He's one of the most advanced, I, I would say, and this maybe isn't saying a ton because the Phillies haven't developed internally well, but to me, he is by far the best offensive prospect that the Phillies have developed since Ryan Howard, which is mm-hmm. quite a long time now. So uh, he is a, an advanced approach offensively. I asked Reese Hoskins. He told me it is the best uh, approach he's seen of a guy come up since he's been on the Phillies. So to me, Alec Boehm, the power still needs to develop, but he had 338 last year. He had an, an OPS over 880 without really hitting for power a ton, but the power is in there. Archie Bradley said he thinks Bohm could hit 30 home runs this season. The question is just going to be the defense. He was not good defensively last season. He has looked pretty solid in spring training, and the Phillies speak highly of him. I'm still a little uncertain about whether he's going to be at that position over the long run, but offensively, you know he's a bat that's going to hit in the middle of your order for a long time. So you talk about Eflin, um, but kind of rounding out the back end of the rotation after him, um, you know, we have guys like Matt Moore, who was actually playing in NPB last season. Um, And then you have a guy like Chase Howard. Um, How confident are you in those guys? And then are there guys in the periphery that you think might make an impact at the back end as well? Yeah, Matt Moore has looked excellent this spring. So maybe Dave Dombrowski and the Phillies kind of found something, found a rebound candidate. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chase Anderson was a guy that a few years ago with Milwaukee was a very good pitcher. He struggled in 2020, but I think he'll open up the season as a number five starter. Spencer Howard is a top prospect in the organization. Got a chance last year. Didn't look great, but he has incredible stuff. It's just a matter of health with him, I think, and just getting more experience at the big league level. You also have Vince Velasquez still in play, although it wouldn't shock me if he's traded before the start of the season. So, You have, you think, seven guys for five spots, and that's a good place to be in because you may need all seven of those guys and certainly six of them when you're going from 60 to 162. So projecting the Phillies uh, for 2021, uh, are you – so I have them at 83 wins. Are you over or under 83 wins for the Phillies uh, this season? I would go over 83 wins. The Phillies haven't had a winning season actually since 2011. So they're due in that department, but over 83 wins doesn't necessarily mean you're a playoff team. It could be in your playoff team. It could also mean you win 84 games and it's still kind of viewed as a failure of a season and you're at a crossroads with this entire era. But I, I would say over 83. So where does that kind of place them in the NL East then? So, you know, the Mets kind of had a busy off season, um, with McCann at catcher and trading for Francisco Lindor, Carlos Carrasco comes over. Um, you know, the Phillies obviously bring back Didi. They re-sign uh, Rio Muto. They add to the bullpen. Um, the Braves kind of add Charlie Morton kind of early in the offseason. Also re-sign Marcelo Zuna. Um, Marlins kind of still developing. A lot of their prospects are kind of coming of age now at this point. Um, and then the Nationals obviously added a couple bats uh, in Josh Bell and, and Kyle Schwarber. So where do you see um, where do you see the Phillies in this mix? It's it's definitely a crowded division. I would say on paper, I think they're the third best roster. 
Uh, to me, I, I'm picking the Braves to win the, the division. I haven't gone through and done exact records yet. I'll do that at some point in the next week or 10 days. But uh, I think the Braves are going to win the division. And on paper, the Mets are a team that should win 92 or 93 games. It, it just it feels like whenever you say that about the Mets, something goes wrong because it's the Mets. But I'm going to say the <laughs> Mets finish in second place and win one of those wild cards. And I really believe the Phillies are like an 88-win team in that range which last year would get you into the playoffs easily. This year, going back to the five-team format, it's going to be right on the cusp of that second wild card spot, most likely. All right, Tim. Where can people uh, find your work, find you online, find you on Twitter, all that good stuff? They can find me on Twitter, at Tim Kelly Sports. Same thing on Facebook. And then read me on philliesnation.com and radio.com sports. Awesome. Tim, thanks again, as always, man. Appreciate it. For sure. Thanks, man. So great stuff there again from Tim Kelly as we preview the 2021 Phillies season. Again, you can find Tim uh, on Twitter at Tim Kelly Sports. Uh, be sure to give him a follow. Uh, he has great access to the players, uh, to Joe Girardi, um, and to kind of the the general kind of Phillies uh, media world. So uh, definitely give him a follow. That'll end it for today's episode of Big League Chewing. Uh, thank you so much for listening today. Uh, you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at ChewingCast, or you can follow me on Instagram at Big League Chewing. And I will see you guys very soon with the next team preview.